You're listening to the Post-Apocalyptic Media Podcast, your source for all the latest post-apocalyptic news. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a special reunion episode of Post-Apocalyptic Media Podcast. I'm your host, Derek. I'm joined by Sean. Hey, everyone. And Stephanie. Hello. Gosh, we got a action-packed episode today. We are going to go through a lot of stuff. We've had E3, and Sweet Tooth is blowing up on Netflix. We've got Awake. A uh, new movie on Netflix. We've got talk about. We'll talk at the end about Walking Dead a little bit about Handmaid's Tale. We've got Edge of Sleep coming up and so much more. Uh, Breath of the Wild and fantasy crossover. Sean just wrote an article about fantasy crossovers uh, in post-apocalyptic, which doesn't always sound great. You're like, ah, like fantasy. It's silly. No, <laughs> get that thought out of your head right now because there are some really good fantasy crossovers in post-apocalyptic media uh so uh so anyways i am uh i'm back for um for this week and for the foreseeable future i uh just took a four-week break i was able to do a garage sale sell a car repair a different car improve the website onboard some new writers i became a diamond ranked uh rocket player league uh player and um Rocket Player League, yes. And <laughs> and I held off the IRS for at least a few more weeks. So um, <laughs> fighting the good fight. <laughs> Woohoo. Yes. So uh, yeah, they have a few fewer dollars to build their bombs with, at least uh, for a few more weeks. So uh, but don't you worry. We will uh, probably increase the nuclear stockpile in the next couple of years because that's what we need to do. Um, we uh, Okay, so anyways, I couldn't stay away. We've got so much going on. Uh, I just want to um, jump right right into it and talk about uh, some of the things that are happening. But you know what? I haven't been the only one staying busy uh, these last few weeks. Sean, you just went on a road trip? Yeah, yeah. Tell Can us I hear it. all about it? Please. <laughs> um, well... It's my wife and I's uh, 10th anniversary was last a uh, couple weeks ago. Congratulations. And well, thank you. Um, when we got married, we took our honeymoon out east and we just rented a car. We flew out to uh, New Hampshire, rented a car, drove around Maine, New Hampshire, Vermont, all that, New York. And just, uh, you know, we're spontaneous. When we were tired, we got a hotel and, when, you know, we would just see, like we saw the Ben and Jerry's factory. That was <laughs> it was amazing and um that was the highlight of the trip by the way and uh so then on so then for our 10-year anniversary we promised ourselves we would go out west and do the exact same thing so we flew out to salt lake city rented a car and just drove we went through eight states let's wow. see if i can remember them all uh utah montana idaho wyoming washington oregon and california and nevada yeah that's eight wow um that's incredible it was it was incredible because it was uh, you know we went from forest to mountains to desert, you know I mean it's just it's a really vast area out there and it's so beautiful oh man, I've never been to like Idaho and Wyoming and Montana before so it was it was really incredible, um, and we did the same thing we just rented a a car we just got hotel rooms you know when we could, um, the only time when that really almost bit us in the butt was we went to Yellowstone, and it turns out. This is the busiest time of the year. 
oh, no. for Yellowstone. And people have been waiting a year to go there. So everyone no. was there. It was crazy. Uh, yeah. So oh, we couldn't no. get a hotel get room. Mm. Yeah. And so we couldn't get a hotel room uh, one of the nights. And we thought we were going to sleep in the car, which we were totally prepared to do. Uh, but then we had a cancellation. Somebody had a cancellation, and uh, we were able to get a room at, like, midnight. It was crazy. Wow. Um, that is crazy. <laughs> but that's the kind of thing that we love, you know, like the spontaneity of that mm-hmm. and, like, the, the like adventure of that, I guess. And so, mm-hmm. we, you know, we have a story to tell for that. And, that's um, true. But, we, you know, we, st- we did Yellowstone. We did Reno, uh, which was a blast. Um, <laughs> Eastern Washington and Eastern Oregon are gorgeous. You know, it's like a desert uh, mountain area. It's really, really cool. Mm. Just, you know, driving side roads. It was, it, we got off the beaten path. You know, we didn't, we took highways a little bit, but. Really? Yeah. Just driving. We got a national park pass. The one that's like a yearly pass where you can visit any national park. And we just went through <laughs> as many as we could. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. It was really cool. That sounds fun. Was there one yeah. location in particular that like stood out to you or were they all just like equally nice? Um. Oh man! Well, Yellowstone was amazing. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, we didn't. We weren't aware that there were uh, bison just walking around in the park, and so you're walking, and they have these park rangers that'll stop the crowd so that the bison can walk through the crowd, and, and they make you stay back like 20 feet. And it was just like, wow, that's a bison right there like, walking by. <laughs> it, I don't know. It was, it was pretty cool. Um, that is. And so it was like these guys' jobs to follow the bison around and make sure that no one goes near them. Uh, I said, I wow. want that job. <laughs> yeah, what a job. <laughs> um, we actually, I, I don't know if you guys are fans of the show Napoleon Dynamite, but yes. we, we saw the goes. filming locations for that. We went to like Napoleon Dynamite's house and Pedro's house and all that stuff. That yeah, was fun. No, Kate, where is that? It's in Preston, Idaho. It's just this little town in Idaho. Huh. Yeah. Idaho, cool. man. Yeah. That, that whole area, Washington, Idaho, Montana. Uh, just has some really undeveloped uh, great lands with lots of huge old trees. I love it. Mm. Yeah. I, uh, there's a there's a tree that grows up around there. It go, grows all over the world, really. But I really like it. It's called a Douglas fir, and oh, um, they grow they grow fast. It's like 15 years, and they're already like at their max height, which is not max height. You know, they get taller and taller. But uh, you know, they grow like a hundred. 100 meters or something 100 feet up wow. so um i love them you know around where i'm at in texas trees just really don't grow that tall they mm. we got plenty of them but uh but they're you know they're 25 feet up or so when they when they call it quits so yeah. um i just i love we stephanie and i took a little vacation to washington um and just uh went up into the mountains where there were trees so there pretty. and just really enjoyed it but yeah. Uh, yeah, that sounds like y'all had the most beautiful trek, and then you went down into California, and then over to like Reno. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, we That's went down. We went ground. down to Reno, and then we kind of went across Lake Tahoe. We drove around Lake Tahoe, which goes into California. Like Lake Lake Tahoe is split in half, California and Nevada, and so we went. Hmm. We drove around Lake Tahoe, and so we went. We dipped into California a little bit, and then came back to Nevada. Just to say that we hit that eighth state, basically. <laughs> <laughs> so after after you um, went on your trip, Stephanie and I decided to watch Miss Mitchell's versus the Machines, which is, um, <laughs> if you're not familiar with our previous coverage on this show, it's a Netflix movie. It's kind of like a family movie 
it's it's also um it's also post-apocalyptic mm-hmm. and so uh stephanie and i watched it it's kind of like kind of like i think you made the metaphor of the goofy movie and kind of there's a lot of similarities yeah. in this uh road trip it's like a road trip the basically you know i'm not giving away too much of the plot to tell you that uh the family is like uh sending sending their oldest child off to college and uh they decide to do a road trip to the college and that's kind of the premise of the show and then stephanie and i were watching that and we're like you know that's funny that this kind of aligns with sean's life right now because he has an adult child going to college right yeah yeah and you're you just did this huge uh road trip yeah yeah (laughs) Although we weren't escaping robots, we weren't. <laughs> I had my yeah. That I was thinking like, golly, I hope this isn't some weird universe is t- trying to tell me something. Like I need to be ready for the robot apocalypse. Uh, certainly, what Boston Dynamics doing is uh, frightening in in the sense that it can go really bad and and be difficult. But uh, but anyways, on the Mitchells versus the machines. My apologies to those who are just listening. Because I'm about to show a picture. The, this this is when um, it became really funny to to me. And let me uh, use the share screen feature because uh, this is start share. Here we go. Here we go. Then all right. So the main character in this show is this guy right here. Now tell me. <laughs> that doesn't look like one of our podcast uh, contributors. <laughs> My hair. I had some hair on here. <laughs> that is Sean. <laughs> I have that same blank and stare. <laughs> <laughs> this is him, yeah, watching old home videos or something. Here's another, uh, here's another clip. I mean, come on. This guy, he even has your facial hair, Sean. What? <laughs> That's true. Are you going to sue my, them for using your likeness? My legs aren't quite that skinny, but... <laughs> <laughs> he's, got, he's got toned legs. So, uh, yeah, that's, that is impressive. Well, so anyways, apologies. I, what, I, what I just showed on the screen is some clips from Mitchells vs. the Machines. The father character in that movie... Just uh, really, Sean, Sean and him have a very similar style. I'll, I'll leave it that. Based on a true story. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so so moving on, moving on. Um, let's see. We had E three just happen. It like just happened, mm-hmm. and it. Uh, I have to say, like, I know that there are announcements that people really were looking forward to, and they were happy about Halo Infinite had a um, oh, yeah. had a lot of footage and you know halo first of all if you don't know it is post-apocalyptic halo's the whole story of people who have to sacrifice basically the rest of their lives to live in a machine uh so that they can fight aliens and save humanity so that's the story of halo master chief can never get out of his suit you never see him out of his suit or even his face really um okay so halo it is coming at the end of this year it's in holiday season whatever that means it looks good and that is important because in previous things where they were showing us the halo it looked crap it looked like (laughs) the same old like it looked like they didn't do anything at all to improve the graphics and it's like five years since the last iteration so people were so mad 
And they basically, they came out, they were like, sorry, everybody, we really suck. And we don't even know why we were like confident to show you that clip because it sucked. And they, they just took total responsibility of it. And now it looks good. And you can watch several minutes of multiplayer gameplay. It looks like fun. So that was exciting. But aside from the Halo stuff, I got to tell you, uh, this E3 was super disappointing for me. Well, I mean, there's no Fallout news, so. Yeah, I mean, how disappointed were you, Derek, just reliving that? And when when they pulled up the Fallout Pittsburgh, was it Fallout Pittsburgh kind of graphic? And you thought for a second that it was going to be a new Fallout game, and it turned out to be a Fallout 76 add-on? Uh, I don't know if you watched that presentation too sean but oh my gosh that was disappointing no i didn't see it but yeah i heard that a lot of people were expecting a 76 add-on um even though it's kind of like not a big deal you know it's just it's like an like an mmo update you know it's just a thing that happened and for them to announce that at e3 it was i don't know I saw I was reading the Reddit live thread and there were so many people who were so upset because they thought it was going to be a new Fallout and they got so excited and yeah. then Fallout 76 and they were so sad. Yeah, and well, I mean like it, it, it's a little it makes sense that to, for somebody to get excited because Fallout 76 to my knowledge has taken place in this like little area of West Virginia. And mm. Pittsburgh's like not really that close to it to my, you know, I don't have a lot of good geographical knowledge of that area, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it seems like a big enough, like difference in scenery that it wasn't going to be a fallout 76 thing. And then it was, and it's like, okay, well, you know, that's great for fallout 76 fans. And, and maybe, maybe, uh, someday I can, I can become a fan as well. Um, we'll <laughs> see, we'll see what happens with it, but let me ask you, do you know if they've made a new Elder Scrolls game since they came out with their Elder Scrolls online? Uh, no, they, they've basically just been doing add-ons for that. Hmm. They have a lot. Actually, it's a really popular game, um, but they just update that. Okay. So, you know, so I'm not, I'm not saying this is for sure the case, but, you know, isn't it possible that this is, this is what they want to do and they just... They're not going to make new standalone fallouts and they're not going to make new standalone Elder Scrolls. And they just want to make two minute uh, meaningless clips about Starfield for the foreseeable future. (laughs) (laughs) That's so sad. Yeah, Yeah, I'm not pulling any punches when it comes to the Starfield. (laughs) Give me a break. You know, they're like, we've been working in secret for a year. Here is some shadows from boxes and, you know, like a ship (laughs) taking off. Come yeah. on. <laughs> God, they've been teasing it for years. Ah, yeah. Okay. So th- yeah. that was E3. No, there's more to E3. If you like the uh, Left for Dead series, there is something to be excited about. Um, Back for Blood is like, you know, in the vein of it. I don't know. I don't I don't want to be on the record for saying like it's a sequel or something like that. But they clearly made, want you to think. Go it's ahead. made by the same people, basically. Same people. Mm. And yeah. they put the number four in the middle of the title. So, you know, there's something Good there. Um, uh, you know what? I was going to say, say, say this at the end of the episode just because of where it ended up in the notes. But I should say it now. See, 
the Apple TV series has a, an official date. I think it's like, what is it, August 23rd? Could you, could somebody? Uh, 27th. Uh, August 27th. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, wow. That soon? Wow. Look, here's the thing <clears throat> the pitch for C may not excite you. Uh, it didn't excite me at first. I'm going to I'm going to encourage you to give it a shot anyways. And here's why. Everybody I've talked to that's seen C liked it. So, it's a good show. It's adult. So, uh very much adult. Yeah. Uh beware of that. But uh it's good. It's um coming back and you got plenty of time to catch up on it. It's only like I don't even know, 8 10 episodes. Yeah. So, um, so get into that. Um, another thing that, that we've talked about before on the episode I wanted to bring up is uh, just real quickly, Sweet Tooth. Stephanie and I are halfway through watching it. You guys, if you haven't seen it, first of all, you need to know it is blowing up on Netflix. Yeah. People yeah. love Sweet Tooth. And I tell you why. It's great. It's, it's really good. <laughs> it like checks all these boxes for me that um, – that I haven't even like there's there's a part of me that uh, that really loves Hook. You remember that old movie like Hook? Yeah, um, yeah. Like a Peter Pan tale. And it has like these kids who form their own little mini society with their own hierarchy. And it's all fun. Sweet Tooth did something like that. That's like really cool. And it like just intrigued me uh, and pulls me in. And it has these characters that are. um that are just really, really fun to get to know. And uh, the lead character is killing it. Like he's a, he's clearly a, a, a very young child actor, but he's very talented mm-hmm. in his role. So um, Sean talked about Sweet Tooth in a previous episode, uh, which I encourage you to go to go visit. Um, but uh, but I just wanted to bring it up because if it's not on your radar, if you haven't started Sweet Tooth yet, give it a shot. It is high production value. And this is this is another thing about it is uh, Netflix is right now making a ton of post-apocalyptic stuff. They did their Bird Box and uh, was it Bird Box? I don't know what the. They yeah. just released yeah. Black Summer season two. Black like, Summer yeah. season a few two. Days ago. Oh my god! I didn't even put that on. We have so much to talk about. I didn't even have Black Summer season two on my show notes. Yeah, we haven't started watching it yet, but they just released it. And, I'll, and and let me just tell you, if you're listening to this and you've been hesitant about Sweet Tooth, then you were like me. I heard Sean say how great it was, and I was still hesitant. I was being very judgmental based on the name and the fact that it has a kid with antlers. And I just, Derek was like, do you want to watch it today? I said, no, I want to watch War of the Worlds or Fear of the Walking Dead or Handmaid's Tale. Um War of the Worlds, sadly, has been taken off our cable subscription epics, Mm. so we're going to have to find another way. But anyway, if you have been hesitant on Sweet Tooth for the same shallow reasons that I was, give it a try. It is really, really good. So that's my pitch for all the people who have put it off like me. Basically, just listen to Sean and everything will be all right. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, (laughs) yes, you're right. (laughs) You were absolutely correct about it, and I should have just listened from the beginning. You know, what's funny is I was, when we were gone on our vacation, we stopped at a Barnes & Noble, and I saw the Sweet Tooth uh, comic, the uh, graphic novel, and I thought about buying it, but I'm not really into graphic novels. Like, I, I don't have any, but I just... Because I like the show so much, I thought about buying it, and that's how good it is. It almost mm-hmm. got me to get a graphic novel. 
Uh, I didn't. Yeah. Almost. That's really good. I mean, that's like I've started reading the uh, Attack on Titan manga. Oh, yeah. Because of how much I love the anime. And yeah. I um I slowed it down because I want to... I've been wanting for like the last month to do stories comparing the anime and the manga. So I slowed down my reading of it. But yeah, just like you, you know, a show has to be really good to make yeah. me want to do that. And yeah, Sweet Tooth is great. So... um I forgot I was going where I was going to go. Oh yeah. So okay. So anyways, it's blowing up on Netflix. It was the number one most watched uh, thing on Netflix, like a few days after mm-hmm. it after it came out. And I think Awake was number two. It may have been three, but I remember taking a picture of my television screen. Oh yeah. Because Awake was up there too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, um, Sean is about to tell us about Awake because Stephanie and I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. Uh, but before before he does, I just wanted to finish this thought of how when we're watching our post-apocalyptic shows, especially close to when they launch, Netflix is is watching that. They have mm-hmm. people looking at the stats and saying, you know, this is we're hitting on something that people like here. So um, you may not feel any sort of urgency to watch Sweet Tooth. And really, it's your it's your choice, <laughs> you know, whether you watch it at all, at all or ever. And uh, but just know you do have a li- you're voting with your dollars a little bit yeah. when you um, when you pull up Sweet Tooth and watch it and you show Netflix. Hey, look, I liked Bird Box. I like Black Summer. I like Sweet Tooth. I like Awake. I like when you're catering to um, the post-apocalyptic people. So. Anyways, um, just want to encourage you, check out Sweet Tooth. I love it. I think it's impressive. I think it, most people will like it. All right, so tell us about Awake, because that... Oh, my my mic fell over. Okay. Oh, no. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, Awake... Now, ironically, I was telling you about this uh, when I came back from my trip, is I watched it when I couldn't sleep. <laughs> you know, you, you go to hotel rooms you know, for a week and you, you get to the point where you can't, you know, you, you miss your bed. You can't sleep in hotel rooms. But uh, so, yeah, I'm just, you know, lying awake and I figure, hey, I'm going to watch Awake, uh, which was a funny parallel because the the whole show is about not being able to sleep. And I guess at first, when I first saw the trailer for it, I thought it was uh, for people who can't uh, fall asleep. Like if they fall asleep, they'll die. But that's not it. It's actually they can't fall asleep at all. Like they, they try to and they can't go to sleep at all. Mm. Um, but much as, say, something like Children of Men, where they were trying to escort mm. that pregnant woman who could who was like the last person who could have a baby. This show, they were escorting this little girl who could sleep. She was like the last mm. one who could sleep. And it doesn't seem like a big deal, but. You know, after a couple days of not sleeping, you really lose cognitive skills and, you know, motor skills and all this stuff, which I think they did a really good job of showing toward the end of the movie. Uh, people are just stumbling over each other. Um, there's a whole scene where National Guard guys just go crazy because they think they're seeing things and they're just hallucinating. And, and it's uh, so they're escorting this little girl who can sleep. They're trying to figure out the, the mom is trying to protect her from the scientists who want to find out why she can sleep, you know which, you know, assumably, assumably would be uh, through dissection. Like she was worried that they were going to dissect her. Um, but then which the scientists are trying to get her to. Yeah, yeah, it does. It's, <laughs> it's, uh, and that's, you know, that was the argument. But, you know, the progression of the movie, I think, was really good because it started out as like a thriller. Um, 
you know, we, nobody knows why this is happening, why no mm -hmm. one can sleep. But then toward the end of the movie, it was just this crazy, like, psychological thriller where people are just going crazy, you know, mm. and they're and and they're and cool. the mom is still trying to protect her daughter. And I think it was pretty good. I think uh, I was reading. I didn't read any reviews, but I saw in Bill's um, article, he was saying that the reviews weren't so great for it. And he was kind of defending the movie and saying it's actually really good. I, I agree with him. I think it was it was good. Um, there were a few parts that were a little you know, looked a little low budget. But other than that, I think it was a really, a really well acted and, and well done movie. Well, it sounds I, intriguing. Yeah. Yeah. We, we had some discussion about it in the post-apocalyptic discord. And um, which, by the way, come join us if you'd like to and yeah. uh, and chat with us throughout the week. We cover we cover news that comes up more than we even uh, can cover on the show. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we, we had a short chat, chat about it. And, the, yeah, the bottom line is once you've gone several, you know, even not even several days, but certainly once you've gone several days without sleep, you do have hallucinations mm -hmm. and they could be very powerful. There was a Joe Rogan podcast not too long ago that uh, he interviewed this sleep expert and it lit a fire under my butt to sleep better and to be more consistent with it because you know he starts rattling off these stats about how like just having less sleep means that you're more susceptible to cancer and you're like less happy in general <laughs> just yeah. like all these things all these reasons you know not to mention the things that are pretty obvious like you don't drive as safely and all these other things but uh he was talking about this guy uh, who was a radio show host who decided to do a sleep deprivation experiment where he like hosted his radio show for several days in a row in uh, Times Square in New York. And like by day four, he was having paranoid delusions where he thought people were like attacking him. Oh, wow. So um, the idea in a I way, you know, that. that people would act that irrationally and stuff, it really isn't very far fetched. Yeah. Because uh, the paranoia really that. would. Yeah, we need to watch Awake uh, soon. We hear oh, and well, I was thinking in that radio podcast oh, guy's radio. show yeah. where he slowly becomes delusional <laughs> on his podcast. Like, I want to watch that too. <laughs> you know, and what's also crazy is I don't know the name of it, but there's um there's a familial insomnia. There's a like one family that has a genetic disorder that sometimes gets passed down where. At a certain, it, it, something wrong with their brain, and they reach a certain point in their life, and suddenly their brain refuses to sleep anymore. Hmm. It just loses the ability, which I wonder if maybe awake got that idea from them. And it's awful that I mean, it's a de it's terminal. They die from it, yeah. and even putting them under anesthesia, you know, anesthesia, none of it's enough to allow their brain to get the recovery it needs from sleep. It's just, they're not capable of sleeping anymore. It's, I don't know that there's a name for it. I don't know it, but it's, it's limited to just one family line. But if, if you Google it, you can learn more about it. It's crazy and sad. Yeah. I, I would totally agree that it's hereditary. I mean, my, I don't sleep very, I sleep maybe five hours a night and uh, my, my dad was the same way. And my wife, on the, my wife, on the other hand, she will sleep. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, you know, saying anything bad about her, but she will sleep 10 hours, 11 hours on a weekend. 
and it blows my mind. I'm just like, I wish I could do that. That's like her superpower. <laughs> um, is she like catching up on, you know, is that something you can't do? Like, even if you're short on sleep, you can't do like 10 hour that. or 11 hour. I've, yeah. Oh, I can't. But I've heard that um, some, some researchers have said before that you can't actually like bank sleep and you can't catch up on sleep. Like if you miss a few days, which I don't know if I agree with that because I, yeah. yeah. There have been days I where I haven't gotten any sleep, and then the next day I sleep like eight hours, and I'm like, that's amazing. <laughs> Which is catching up for Sean. Meanwhile, yeah, yeah. <laughs> for me, you know, there there's days when I don't get enough sleep, and then, yeah, I sleep for 12 hours yeah, and yeah. catch up. So it feels like, I mean, maybe they mean you can't undo some of the damage, but yeah. it seems like you can catch up at least to some degree. But yeah. that's so crazy. Like, So you don't feel like you're not rested. You just only need five hours. I, it is the weirdest thing because if I get like eight hours of sleep, I feel horrible. I feel really? like I have headaches. I, yeah, it's horrible. It's really weird. And I've even tried, if I take a nap during the day, I wake up and I'll be like, oh, my head, I feel so weird and groggy. And <laughs> I don't wow. know what it is. But my dad was the exact same way. He would, he'd be fine. Five hours, he'd be fine. I feel like only needing five hours is an evolutionary advantage. <laughs> well, <laughs> I am know? part cyborg, so I don't yeah, like it. Yeah, like I really wish. <laughs> might have something to do with it. I wish I only needed five hours. That'd be amazing. I'd get so much more done. Yeah. It is nice sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Jealous. Yeah. About, about the sleep de- deficit, there was something I did learn from that podcast, and that is, I don't know if you could catch up on a sleep deficit, but your body does keep track of some of the things like uh, your, the different stages of sleep and what you need. So if you're like not getting enough of a certain of like REM sleep, your body will be more quick to put you into REM sleep. And it's a lot of times why, why people, uh, you know, recall vivid dreams, even when Mm -hmm. they just took a short nap, because the body knew, Oh, we're low on this kind of sleep, puts them right into it. And they're, they're already dreaming. Hmm. Um, okay. Yeah. And speaking of sleep, uh, edge of sleep. Any news about that? I, I seem to recall there was recently something. Yes. In the last week or two, I think they wrapped filming finally. So I don't know what, you know, if it's just coming out on YouTube or when it's coming out. But the, I was going to do a story on that and I still need to. But just last week, he, um, Markiplier put um if i'm pronouncing that correctly <laughs> put on youtube that or on insta on his instagram that they had wrapped filming so it's moving along it's pretty it sounds exciting to me i'm you know and it's funny that that's being made right when you know an awake just came out so they're approaching it from totally different angles because edge of sleep is about people is based on a podcast and it's about people who um, die. They're, they're dying in their sleep. So you've got a group of people trying not to sleep, which is kind of the opposite approach that Awake is taking. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. So, uh, yeah. So if they just finished shooting, for all we know, it could be a year or more because some, sometimes they take that long to edit. So we'll see. Yeah, that's true. We'll see how that goes. Um, but, uh, but while we're on the topic of shows things coming out on Netflix that are post-apocalyptic. Um, we mentioned it, but I'll just say it again. Black Summer Season 2 is live. It is mm-hmm. out. So check it out. It has. I haven't seen it yet, but I've seen a lot of people saying they really like it. Even people that were critical of Season 1 
are saying they liked season two. So so think about that. Um, and then, of course, you know, that f- is in the whole Z Nation uh, mm-hmm. universe, mm-hmm. which the, the Z Nation series is a fun series. Definitely worth a shot. Um, but uh, but OK, now now we're going to take. Oh, so on on that thing, Tomorrow War coming out in just a couple weeks. Okay, so this is this is a really good looking movie. We've talked about this a few times, but I just want you to put that on your calendar. I'm going to watch it opening day. I'm fairly oh, certain yeah. about it. I'm just so excited about this plot. It'll, this looks great. Chris Pratt, uh, alien invasion slash time travel, defending Earth. You know, this the whole idea of species survival and humanity joining together. It just like gives me good vibes. And, um, you know, I shouldn't be saying that on a uh, broadcasting podcast when alien uh, uh, interaction <laughs> may be right around the corner. But come on. June 25th. <clears throat> three days from now is the deadline for the redacted, high, likely highly redacted release to Congress. Yes, yes. So we don't know anything yet. We've basically covered all the most juicy details of Aliens on this, and mm-hmm. uh, we've been watching it very closely. To be honest, nothing real earth-shattering has come out recently. Uh, but if it does, you will hear about it here, because we are very right. concerned uh, with Aliens excited. Um, and excited. Yes. Uh, every time, la- last night I looked up in the sky and I saw something funny, and every time I do, I'm like, what is it? Is it now? Is it finally happening? <laughs> It was just like a, it was heat lightning, which, uh, like, was it, I think it was just a lightning storm that was incredibly intense. Uh, agree to disagree. Okay. <laughs> agree to disagree. <laughs> so sounds good. Uh, so I wanted to, all right, so we're about to go to our, to our topics, our different topics. Oh. All right. So Stephanie's going to talk about breath of the wild. Sean is going to talk about uh, his article, the top 10 post-apoc fantasy crossovers. Before we get to that, I want to give a uh, sneaky survival tip. I'm calling it that now because I I thought about it. I was like, all my survival tips are sneaky. And uh, that's partially because I feel like the the, like common knowledge survival tips are already out there and I don't need to contribute (laughs) to that. But maybe I can give you some sneaky ideas. And here's here's one. In the post-apocalypse, you're traveling with a group. You don't need to be near each other when you're traveling in, like, unknown areas. You need to be spread out. And uh, within, you know, where you can see each other and you know where each other is. But, like, uh, if you encounter another group, you only need one person as the diplomat. That need that person needs to be the least intimidating-looking one of you. Hmm. Uh, Smart. I've learned, you know, people... People are more likely to be defensive and aggressive if they fear you, really, uh, in a lot of cases, especially in something anarchic, you know, like an anarchy. So uh, send send your friendliest face forward and uh, and then you need to have people, you know, with their with their weapons trained on the situation. Mm-hmm. And then that way you have the ability to respond if they turn hostile. And then you also have that ace in your ace up the sleeve right you know they do turn hostile you're like hey, wait a second i've got you know that you, you don't have a red dot like on their forehead but you can basically describe that that's what's happening right now and you know even give a warning shot maybe having communication uh uh 
thing worked out. But I think that that's the way to do it. You keep your cards, you you stay a little bit uh, separated but close enough. If you've got to, you need to consider um, exchanging hostages. And this is something that humanity really hasn't had to do for probably a long time. I don't know when the last hostage exchange was done. Hmm. Um, but let me tell you what you don't do when you exchange hostages. You don't kill the hostages and you don't like betray and try to escape if you're the hostage. Uh, that, that leads to more problems. And I bring that up because um, there was a hostage exchange on Fear the Walking Dead and it went very, very wrong. And um, <clears throat> in that kind of situation, your, your reputation and your you know, the way people deal with you is going to in some ways be determined by your history. So uh, don't harm, don't harm the hostages and always get your hostages back. Uh, okay. So that's, that's uh sneaky survival tips with, with Derek. Let's jump right in to uh, the part of the show where I tried to hold my tongue and <laughs> um, not argue with Stephanie about breath of the wild. Go right ahead. <laughs> Feel free, feel free to argue. Um, I really don't have a ton to say, except that Breath of the Wild 2, it, you know, we had heard about it before. Um, we knew before that was coming out, and we've been waiting. If you're like me, I um, have been excitedly waiting. I've been very slowly playing through Breath of the Wild Which is one. a Zelda game. A Zelda game, On yes. Nintendo. On, yes, I've been playing through it very slowly on my Switch um, because I, I didn't want to finish it. It's really beautiful. I mean, I don't need to sell it. Everybody knows it's one of the best games out there. It's just gorgeous. Oh, so it's, much to do. It's Such gorgeous a, by like 2009 standards. No, actually by 2021 standards. It is beautiful. And like retro <laughs> graphics. No, no, it's actually not retro. It is stunningly gorgeous. Keep in mind, Derek has only played this game twice, and that was when I needed him to solve a puzzle. <laughs> so he doesn't have a ton of experience. Breath of the Wild is post-apocalyptic. Just like no doubt. There's, there's a huge, there was a huge calamity. There's ruins everywhere. He has uh, memories before the ruins. It's just pure post-apocalyptic. So they finally announced. That was the most exciting part of E3, in my opinion. The most exciting part of E3 was Nintendo giving a trailer for Breath of the Wild 2, announcing that it's coming out in 2022, which that part made me sad because I want it for the holidays. And I'm just about to finally, like, I just can't keep putting it off. I'm about to finish Breath of the Wild and kill Calamity Ganon and win. And I'm all set up to win. <sighs> it makes me sad, though. <laughs> anyway, Breath of the Wild 2 is amazing. It looks like instead of the Shake a Slate, um, Link is going to have a really super cool thing on his arm that works instead it looks like there's going to be a temple floating in the sky that he visits somehow i mean it is super exciting and um i i know some people were excited they thought that maybe they'd be able to choose to play zelda but the trailer at least didn't really seem to give any indication of that happening the, um so 
it just it looks like it's it's gonna be really good you know there was a short trailer just with a few clips but they were exciting to me <clears throat> and that is coming in 2022 and it will be the best post-apocalyptic game of the year all right well what a great great segue <laughs> um because that is uh is a post-apocalyptic fantasy crossover right Ooh, i mean you yes. got magic and stuff in that you got I mean, he plays a little flute and travels through time. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> the, he he doesn't. Well, he doesn't play a flute in Breath of the Wild. You've got to. Okay, sorry, Zelda fans. Uh, you've got to remember, Stephanie started Zelda with Breath of the Wild. With Breath so of the Wild, yes. Ocarina not... of Time is not in her canon yet. Uh, oh, but there is another Breath of the Wild of some sort coming out in July. That's like a remake of an older one. So, if you need something to tide you over. All right. Yeah. Yeah, Ocarina Sorry, of Time and Majora's Mask, I know, are beloved Zelda entries. I feel like they like uh, this new one, this this one that Stephanie's talking about even more. Um, oh, this new, the Breath of the Wild 2 might also involve time travel. Sorry, go on. Okay, it might involve time travel. You heard it here first. Um, so, okay, so that's, that's a fantasy crossover, which Sean just today published an article detailing the top 10 post-apocalyptic fantasy crossovers i can't say i disagree with much of this list wow really wow <laughs> high praise yeah yeah I, I when i wrote this article i want to make sure that people knew this is kind of my top 10 mm -hmm. you know it's like you know you, you can disagree with it if you want but uh there are a lot out there that could arguably be considered a crossover between fantasy uh, like you mentioned you know parts of zelda uh but so I went through and I, I thought of my favorites and, and then I kind of wrote little blurbs on each one. And, and, you know, there's books, there's movies, there's TV shows, there's comic books. Uh, I want to make sure to get a good variety in there. And of course, Sweet Tooth is in there. You know, it's, it made my top 10. Uh, <laughs> As it deserves. Yeah. And some of these are, I think a lot of people would be like, wait a minute, that's not post-apocalyptic. So I, I made sure to, to kind of give a little disclaimer and I said my rules are simple the story must contain elements of the opposing genre so you know a, a post-apocalyptic movie with fantasy elements or the other way around that's it have a part of it but it it doesn't really have to be obvious you know it doesn't mm. have to be like this is a crossover uh and a good example of that is something like dies the fire uh S.M. Sterling he wrote this whole series of books in the early 2000s and uh, I think he wrote the last one in 2018, where it's it's basically everything shuts off. They call it the Emberverse, and this is I love this series so much. I read the whole thing and and just really got to me. Um, and and it's modern day, you know, it's not in a fantasy world, but they uh, everything shuts off. Electric every everything electric everything that you can think of can no longer be used. So they go back to like bows mm -hmm. and arrows and swords and stuff like that. But they're not dressing up like knights, you know, they're not dressing up like elves or anything like that. But there's a, a main character named Astrid who is obsessed with Lord of the Rings. And so she and I thought this is a great touch for this book, the whole series. And so she uh, in the first book, she obsesses about it. She talks about it. She wants to be a ranger. She shoots her bow and arrow. She wants to be legless, you know. And then later she she creates this group of rangers called the Dunedain and which is from Lord of the Rings. And she even makes it a requirement for these people in this group to speak Elvish, to speak Tolkien's Elvish, you know. And, and so I think that Sindarin there, or Quinian. 
Well, that I don't know. That's okay. That's getting a little, yeah, that's getting a little <laughs> deep there. <laughs> but yeah, I think it's interesting that. Uh, well, actually, what's funny about that is you. So you know, I mean, you know Tolkien's world, and they, I think when S.M. Sterling wrote this, he he kind of skipped around a little bit. Like they have a so they're supposed to be Dunedain Rangers. They speak Elvish. I don't understand that connection. And then also they fly a flag from Gondor, and it's like, wait a minute. So it it's almost like. I don't know. I hate to say that S.M. Sterling doesn't know, <laughs> you know, the deep lore of, of uh, that's a whole different podcast. That's, I, I kind of, I want to defend it a little bit. Like, isn't it the, the Dunedain Rangers are, um, I think, if I remember right, they, uh, well, like Aragorn was, was the true king, right? He was yeah, in the yeah. lineage. Yeah. And so he was a Dunedain Ranger, yeah. I think. So then uh, it would make sense they'd fly the flag of Gondor because he is the true heir to Gondor, yeah, even yeah. though a Stuart was sitting on the throne for the, yeah, yeah. for Lord of the Rings. Yeah, so uh, that's what I'm thinking is like they, they're going way back. You know, they're going way back to when the Dunedain came to Gondor. But that, like I said, that's, <laughs> that's a whole different podcast. That's, <laughs> that's getting into that lore. Um, but, you know, that's the, an example, Lord of the Rings lore is an example of how I love fantasy stuff and I also love post-apocalyptic so Mm -hmm. I I, I wanted to get this out there Um, you know kind of my favorite combinations of the two Mm. you know and there are some really good examples of kind of a a high fantasy like a um, you know more traditional high fantasy like uh, like the movie um, uh, what's that one called Doomsday which a lot of people didn't like that movie you have that as number two yeah, I love the crossover they do. They have a Scottish castle. Now, this is a, a post-apocalyptic movie. It's not fantasy. Mm-hmm. But they bring in uh, an element of fantasy when uh, the guy, the king, played by Malcolm McDowell, he has his own castle. And it's a, it's a genuine Scottish castle that he kind of fortifies and, and gets, you know, all set up to be, to, to kind of live this world. Like, it's almost like he's role-playing that he is the actual king and he makes all these knights and these, these knights are, their armor is all made out of scrap metal, which is the coolest thing in the world to me. You know, when I saw that, I was like, that's, that's the perfect, (laughs) that's a perfect storm for me. Like scrap metal knights. Like that's, you can't get better than that. (laughs) And I think that's why I like the movie so much. I mean, there are elements of it that are horrible and, (laughs) you know, but I just love that whole part of it. Um, And then there's other, like the, the Shannara books are, yeah. are a really good example because they they have elves and dwarves and gnomes mm-hmm. and stuff like that but it's also post-apocalyptic you know uh, yeah yeah i i like the shinara approach because it was kind of like uh i don't know if, if if you watch stargate but no. um stargate did this thing where they'd take like all the myths of human history and create a scientific explanation for them oh. and shinara kind of took that with the with the like the Tolkien myths and it's like you know there was it was probably like irradiation that caused all of these subspecies of human basically in the Shinaraverse. I'm not an expert on the lore I watched the show and I didn't want to read it but um that kind of seemed like what they were going for Shinar is good uh I want to remove my um my seal of approval from this because I've just realized that there is no adventure time in this list. (laughs) 
Yeah. So <laughs> the thing is, <laughs> yeah, my wife's a big fan. I'm. I never really watched all. I think I watched like two episodes of that. So I guess if I watched more, I might, you know, be more. Interested but in it. but you do have C. So I'm going to push yes. you to defend C in that list. <laughs> all right. So C. Now I say it in the in the article too that it's more, it's kind of more caveman than he man. You know, mm. as far as uh, the fantasy elements of it. But there are fantasy elements. I put a picture in there in the article of what I thought was a great example of this. You have the the guy who has his, his kind of henchmen around him and they all have, you know, armor, like suits of armor on. And a lot of that isn't really to be like suits of armor. They're basically covering their faces because they can't see. So, you know, they can they can have full full mm-hmm. plate over their faces and, you know, hmm. it doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, good point. I think that, that they the use of of that kind of medieval you know they have uh, spears and pikes and swords and clubs and stuff like that and you know Jason Momoa's character is uh, is amazing with the you know with his his club it's just you know very skilled with it and I th- I think that that's kind of um, that fantasy element of it is is very strong yeah I I like that I like the um, the way that there are names that everybody goes whoa you know you know in the yeah. C universe you go oh that's Baba whatever and they're like oh shit <laughs> yeah that is nice <laughs> so yeah. I like that aspect of it I can see what you're saying what about uh, the ma- master of the universe what was that the Thundar what about Thundar oh that- Thundar the bar- barbarian. Yeah, that's another one that now. If Bill was on the show, he could tell us about that. I I watched. Yeah, he could. <laughs> a couple episodes of that a long time ago when I was a kid. So I don't really, okay. never really got into that. And Sean, I noticed you said in your article that you did not like the Shannara Chronicles TV show. Only liked the books. Yeah, you what's told up us with that? to forget about the TV show. Well, hmm. it, I, it's not as good. That's what. I, <laughs> that's what. I, and I hate to be like one of those people who's like, oh, you know, the show's horrible, only the book. <laughs> but that's how, you know, that's how I felt on that one. There was, there was, a, there was a, like a two or three episode area of the series in which it really stunk. It was like, mm. I don't know if, mm. if you watched Power Rangers. I'm a little embarrassed to say that I did. That was kind of like the perfect. I'm a little old for that. But yeah. 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 <laughs> I, was, I was the target audience and even yeah. I was like, eh, this is kind of cheesy. But like the ta- the Power Rangers thing was just like there was like this evil person who would like cook up these little clay monsters and like send them. And it's like, well, they defeated my first two, but I put an extra clay on these, you know, and I gave yeah, them a yeah. laser. And it was just so cheesy. It was just them sending people to die over and over again. And the Power Rangers like, well, we have to try just a little harder. Let's see if we can do it. And that was like Shannara Chronicles. For like a short period of time, there was like this bad guy. And he's like, raise army, attack. And I'm going to chill here for a few hours and just see what happens. And it was just like really dumb. So like I I criticize that. But but Shannara Chronicles crawled its clawed its way back into my heart after that had a great uh setup for season three and then just poof disappeared yeah so bummer on that uh so i get i get what you're saying you know avoid the shinara especially yeah if you're gonna read the books read the books first then then the tv show is just cherry on top but the tv series isn't going to leave you satisfied because it ends abruptly and far too soon that was sad. You do need to try the books. Find out how it ended. 
Uh, okay, so uh, Dune is coming up not too long now. Really? Yeah, oh, a few months, is maybe. it December? It's got to be before December. No, I don't know. I was asking you. I have no idea. I, I know, I know. I don't know either. We have to <laughs> but check I'm, our own calendar. <laughs> I'm like quickly saying, you October. know, don't fit. October 1st. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Even sooner. HBO wow. Yeah. October 22nd. Wow. Invasion premieres on Apple TV, and uh, that is an alien invasion series, I believe. Is it a series? Yeah, I'm excited about it. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. All right, so we've announced those things. Um, another thing to to mention is Walking Dead is uh, is over. The Fear the Walking Dead finale has aired. Handmaid's Tale finale has aired. These are both season finales, just FYI. Yeah, season for the f- audience. Season finales, you know they're coming back. And <laughs> yeah. um, we we wanted to talk about uh, this stuff at the end of the episode. We really didn't prepare to talk about Haymaid's Tale. We probably won't talk much about that. However, I just want to say, and I'm not going to expo- spoil anything for either show, so just don't mm. don't worry about that. I would send you away if that's what I plan to do, because that's the kind of guy I am. The the Fear the Walking Dead season finale is, um, it's something else. It is, uh, it is epic. It is shocking. It is interesting. It is not what you expect from that finale. Yeah. And um, it just, there's so many times, especially as a series gets longer and longer with the same leads and stuff you you start to get too comfortable and you're like i know they're not gonna do that and (laughs) you know this character really isn't in that much danger and um i just feel like i'm not i'm i'm not telling you at all you know what happens or anything but i'm just saying at the end of fear the walking dead they they give you some stuff that's totally believable in universe and also just you go what what that happened and so uh good so yeah, that's um, that's my pitch for catching up on Fear the Walking mm-hmm. Dead. They do something that you're you're not going to see in any of the other Walking Dead series Good yet. Um, uh, going on going on to Handmaid's Tale. Uh, is there anything we can say without spoiling it, Steph? Um, I would just say it's very satisfying. It's dark. I mean, this this is most, you know, Handmaid's Tale is always dark. But, yeah, if you were hesitant to watch this season of Handmaid's Tale for whatever reason, based on previous seasons or frustrations or whatever, I would just say give it a try. It was a really good season. It was only 10 episodes instead of the regular 13, and that had nothing to do with COVID at all. They decided long before the pandemic that they were only going to make this one 10 episodes because they wanted to tell a tighter story and not have as much filler. Hmm. And I think that they succeeded at that. So if you were kind of a fan of season one because it was 10 episodes and it was more concise and you felt like things moved a little bit faster, I think Derek will still say he felt like it moved slow at times. But... (laughs) is my <laughs> he's nodding in case you are listening to the podcast he's nodding right now very <laughs> vehemently yeah. but um yeah. yeah it's um i would give this season a try if you've been hesitant yeah, yeah. i guess what i can say without spoiling 
What I'll say is the show reinvents itself this season in a way. Mm, mm-hmm. And um, it's a good way to it was long overdue, it. in my opinion. Uh, so so take that for what it's worth. Uh, this mm-hmm. season, um, the main pl- really a, a large amount of the plot was devoted to legal proceedings. <laughs> so <laughs> make but that not interesting. In a boring way. I, it, not in not in that boring of a way, but you know, it's still legal proceedings. I don't know. It, they <laughs> they reinvented way. themselves. They covered topics and asked questions and made you think. And that's a lot mm-hmm. of stuff that Handmaid's Tale hasn't always done traditionally. So, um, and it's reinvented itself. So that's what I'll say. Yeah, uh, really good about about this least recent season. We have come upon an hour, and we have covered oh. a lot of the news, and uh, not all of it. Not all of it. There's other like games coming up that we haven't even talked about yet. Uh, mm-hmm. There are there are series that just uh, that just ended that we haven't really talked about. We um, like Van Helsing. Van Helsing just had their final season. That is a post-apocalyptic vampire show, and uh, I've watched the first season plus of that, and it's actually uh, pretty decent. But um, but I, I didn't watch the whole thing. Anyways. That just did their final season. Might want to check that out. Uh, Mm -hmm. There's more. We're going to be back every single week. Friday is when our podcast drops on all the major platforms, including YouTube. But also, if you want to be here, talk to us live. Any any discussion in the chat, by the way? We're on Twitch. Nope. No. All right. All right. So we are speaking out into the void of Twitch. You Twitchers, you get in there. You t- tell us your opinion about stuff. But if even if you don't, we're going to be back week after week, Tuesdays at 4 o'clock Central Time, 5 o'clock Eastern. And, uh, yeah, feel free to join us. Feel free to join us on the Discord. And don't forget, we have a website, y'all. That's what that's what we, were, we, we all started, where we all met, is postapocalyptic.com. So check that out. And um, Steph and Sean are writing regularly on post apoc mm-hmm. i'm trying to improve the back back end of the website uh mostly failing but uh but we're actually we're growing we're golly we have a yeah. youtube channel that is growing it's more than 700 followers right now the website says it's 500 that's not a, that's not correct we have more than oh, 700 we should shout out that youtube video by the way we have a youtube video that shows an, an apocalypse um, I'm sorry, it shows an apocalypse. It shows a nuclear bomb. <laughs> I just lost my train of thought. More than 100,000 views on it, so you should check that out. Yeah, yeah. Ste- Steph has an article where you can watch about 19 declassified real nuclear explosions uh, from like the 50s and 60s, essentially. And they're all silent. And so we added sound to uh to one of the best videos made it just a cool bomb explosion video youtube's liking it there's more last i checked 170,000 views we're probably above that we're growing several thousand a day so if you want to check that out there might be uh you know an unidentified uh flying object in that video we did a separate video about that and uh we're actually going to do more videos on the channel soon Mm -hmm. Soon, there are some things on the to-do list ahead of it, but we want to uh, show you some survival products, uh, 
Steph, I, and Sean have all invested a pretty penny in surviving the apocalypse. And um, some of that stuff is junk and some of it's really high quality. So we want to tell you which is which and help people in the um, fastest, most efficient way possible. Thank you all so much for joining us for this podcast. We enjoy doing it. I hope you enjoyed listening to it. We are going to be back next week, Tuesday for Twitch, Friday for the official release. I want all of you to stay safe. And as always, always be ready for the big one. Bye, y'all. Bye. Bye.